0: 127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Brian. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in a relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do,
1: podcast is that an organ or a piano you were playing there both
0: both mm. yep you know how organ and piano mix mm. <laughs> you know how organ and piano mix yeah <laughs> uh no tell me how they mix uh you know how you can put different sounds on a nord
1: oh yeah where the spirit of the nord is yep yeah. So I, I did both mm. okay yep because what's I'm, a nord you don't know what a Nord is. I'm just kidding. He's he works at church. He knows. It the, was a joke. haha huh That you have to. <laughs> it, hey, did your did the previous <laughs> church you came from have a Nord? Oh no. Oh. Oh no. They didn't have the spirit. You know. You have to think about it. I have
2: to think about it. Um. Maybe somewhere. Yeah. Not There's on not, stage. Not it wasn't like me. a. There wasn't keys regularly on stage.
1: There right. Was it just the baby grand? Not what, even that. Was it just a guitar?
2: There was multiple guitars. Oh, mm-hmm. acoustic, two electrics, a bass, man,
0: oh, drums, but, but no keys. Keys is like the, the who played the phone, pad.
1: Right? How come? How could y'all? How could y'all do any elevation songs? They didn't. No, they okay. did. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, just drop the loopy loop on there. Kind of the old. old yeah. Come to the altar. Oh, that was was like uh, a
2: couple a different altar. things. Yeah, uh-huh. by elevation, some hill Hillsong, uh, some Austin Stone stuff.
1: They got some good stuff. Mm. It was in Austin. Yeah, so just might as well. Might as well. Jimmy also should. Jimmy McNeil. There
2: was a country duo on the Voice uh a long time ago. Might have been X Factor.
1: Dun, 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 dun.
2: <laughs> and their band name was Midas Whale. Midas Whale? Like King Midas. Yeah. The story of turning <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything yeah. to gold. And yeah, then a yeah. whale. And it was Midas Whale. Uh, might as well. Midas Whale. Was well. their logo a gold whale? Midas whale. Mm-hmm. Uh I
1: never really got into that show. So I don't know. I don't
2: know. It's okay.
1: How are we all feeling today? Good? I'm good, dude. It's what December today is the seventh?
0: December
3: seventh.
0: Mm. Yep. Eighteen more days, dude. That's quick math. Until the, what? The eights and the sevens. Cor- Christmas. The eights and the sevens always get me. Trying to add and subtract. Don't do this again. <laughs> do what? A week from today. <laughs> A week from today is... This how many days? Seven days.
1: And so it would be... Thursday. The 14th. Seven days from today will be Thursday. Mm-hmm. But, it, but if you count today, it's the eighth day. And mm-hmm. so technically eight days from today is... A week. Thursday. Just math, yeah, dude. Just, just math. Depends when you start. Just depends on when you start. Hey, did anybody open presents early? Yeah, like, one what? on Christmas Eve. Why? Tradition. I didn't. Tradition is what I grew up doing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. My, but did someone else grow up doing that before you grew up doing that? Probably my papa. My family doesn't <laughs> <it sometimes>. papa. <laughs> was it like PJs
0: that
2: you wore that night, or was it like no. an actual gift? I've never gift. been gifted PJs. Literally. Really? Yeah. We should do that. I wear shorts. Sometimes a t-shirt if it's chilly, you know? Okay. Mm. So, like, whatever shorts I'm wearing. Yeah. Those just happen to to be the Christmas Eve Slip PJs. Slip into the sheets with me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, no? What?
1: Okay. I wasn't paying no. attention there for a second.
3: <laughs> we would open one gift on Christmas Eve sometimes, but normally we we always, like, celebrate with our extended family on Christmas Eve. So generally speaking, we would open those presents, but then, like, the presents that our, our immediate family gave would always be only Christmas.
0: I, I honestly have a really good draft idea, but for them, too, right now, but it's okay. I was gonna say, what's the best Christmas Eve gift you've been given, but you know, <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, oh do you guys do? <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't get it. It's so funny. <laughs> um, Caleb's going to have to carry this one for a little while.
3: I don't, underst- I don't understand. You need to send it to him. Dude, it's so funny. Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I don't wait. <laughs> okay, this is going
2: off.
1: Um, oh, man. Okay. Um,
2: Alrighty. Oh, what's the yeah. holiday seasons? Mm. <laughs> I know that. Every Christmas morning, uh, <laughs> we would always start. Um, we would always start Christmas morning by opening our stockings or like taking all of the yeah. knickknacks and candy
3: and Knick-knack.
2: stuff out of the stockings. And so Sorry, that's also that. a Christmas tradition. But yeah, one gift on Christmas Eve. I don't know why. I don't know what for. And I don't know because of who, but that's what we do. Do y'all, are y'all like a gift at random? So it's not predetermined. You get to
1: pick. Yeah. You get to pick like the person gets to pick or someone picks for you. Nope. You get to pick. What what happens?
3: Let's just say this. What happens if you ask for a, um, I don't know. You ask for a Xbox one, Mm. right? And then you open up another gift and it's an Xbox one game. Well, guess what? You know, you're getting,
1: you just got to wait for it tomorrow. You just got to wait.
3: That's why, like my sister, one year she was oh, asking dear. for a laptop. and She opened up the laptop case, and my parents had to try to like, be like, "Well, you know, maybe we'll get you a laptop in a little bit." And then <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe Santa will bring it.
3: So they didn't want her to know that it's she that got half,
1: that half truth, bro. Wow. Hey, thanks for roasting my family again. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> um, it's, it's been like twelve hours. <laughs> family been roasted our, twice.
2: Yeah. I think my parents were probably smart enough to like leave <laughs> the bigger gift. Roasted three times. <laughs> uh, lit, uh, we never uncovered a gift like that. Okay. So I remember getting like 1997, uncovering the Nintendo 64. We got mm. that Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. They Star probably, Fox. yeah, well, Super Mario 64. Mm. Uh, they probably left that gift and all gifts related to that one in the closet and didn't put it under mm. the tree until that's, that's after Christmas Eve. Things like that.
3: Yeah, I was a I was a little uh, cheater in a lot of ways. So like Christmas, like three or four days before Christmas, my mom would put out the gifts and she'd like have Caleb or Holly or she put her names on them. Uh, but I would obviously peek in minds. I would try to like <laughs> open the wrapping paper if I could. I'd shake it to hear what it was. Is this also I, your strategy
0: during Seeker Hitler? Do you uh, cheat? No, I'm not cheating. Okay. But okay.
3: all that to say, I was pretty good. I'm pretty good at determining, <laughs> like finding out what what are in gifts. Yeah, right. <laughs> And so eventually my mom started using a numbering system where she like had a combination of like six numbers and that was, that corresponded to whose gift it was just to mess with me. So, yeah. and side note, I did not cheat in dodgeball. If you're hearing this, it hit me in the head. And
0: Wrong were. Are y'all uh stocking or present
1: first? Uh, stocking first is Stock, our family. Stocking. Mainly. All, all y'all are stocking first? Yeah. Mainly. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I don't, I think. Alyssa will have to circle back on this. We should just get her on the podcast because she'll do stocking stuff. And then I uh, go farther. And so I want to surprise Alyssa with things in the stockings, not only hers, because hers will be empty all the way up until yeah. middle of Christmas night when I fill it up. Cause she's doing all the rest of them, but then I also put other things in everyone else's stockings, So she looks at it and goes like, she's surprised that yeah. things the boys get yeah. stuff like that. And and so our stockings are, like overflowed all over the yeah, floor yeah. they're not hanging wow. up anymore there's stuff everywhere yeah. yeah and that's probably like the bigger part of our gifts anyway is yeah. like is that love that interesting so we, mm. we, and we put socks in our stockings a lot so yeah. socks, and socks. Sock, sock socks and, sock. and socks sock socks and socks socks and big socks
2: we don't uh melissa and i have a rule to never buy necessities for christmas yeah really so like i'm not gonna be gifted
1: you'll grow out of that soon i don't know maybe. i think you will when did
2: that start
0: maybe I'm,
1: I'm hoping that i just you know get to see your kids graduate and stuff like that i'm um, hoping the same um and so i want to see your christmas tradition just like evolve <laughs> just totally reshape into like you celebrating when you get socks it's and, like getting and deodorant or yeah. toothpaste
2: i don't know It's the best are stocking,
1: are, but i love a good sock though no I'm not, i don't really care about my toothpaste but man, give me a good sock yeah on christmas sure why not just go to the, while you're at target or while you're no, at the you store don't, you don't get sock target no huh?
2: not target we
0: don't <laughs> know you, had, you got some from.
1: weird lifetime supply yeah, socks, so, so we, it doesn't count from grip six or from uh, Bra- from brazos valley running supply yeah from those two what are you getting they got, got bombas they got features yeah features no i know um I'm those familiar. are like the, those are the two big ones or i, <clears> I, have, I have i wear swift wicks yeah when i'm cycling those you know are, and then i wear grip six almost all the time what do you get and you don't get those stores. Nike. I get like
3: Nike buns or yeah. cherry cokes. Hold on. <laughs> zebra cakes. You put honey buns in a stocking? I'd <laughs> say. <That's laughs> hey, if you know my dad, my dad likes to eat, and so do
1: I. We get like cherry pies. You, you put, get a little Debbie. put in your stockings. Yes. Hey, can that's i tell you beautiful. Who put cherry pie in a stocking? Little Debbie. Like is, Little Debbie cherry pies. <laughs> little, little Debbie is one of my top five
2: friends. Thank you. Okay, she's yeah, my, she my friend. When, yeah, she was my friend when. in the hardest times in life, she did me dirty. Big Deborah, Uh-oh. she did me dirty. Big well, Deborah I, went after him. She gave me diabetes. <laughs> Big Deborah <laughs> you treated know, him wrong. Others you know little Debbie <laughs> stores. <laughs> Don't t- Hi. Hey, you're leading me down. The path. And there's Miss Baird stores too. Uh, no more diabetes. <laughs> also, no more little debbies. So the two go hand in hand. Yeah. But one day, uh, listen, I know that um, the Lord is preparing a place for us where the finest of foods exist. And I cannot wait one day to walk down the streets of gold with Lil' Debbie hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? You and Lil' Deb? Listen, your mansion might be full of, like, steak and the best barbecue chicken or whatever. Uh, Mine is going to be full of strawberry shortcake roll, and fudge rounds. Oh, my goodness.
1: Period. Wow. I'm not going to come over. Glasses of milk. It's fine. I don't need you to. That's true. That's the good part about heaven is... That's where the hard conversations take place, though. Mm. I need you here. Where? Any at the houses. At the house? Yeah, man. <laughs> Back home. I think they're gonna happen outside. That's where the good food happens though, too. Like for the college students, they're like, Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas because I can go home and I don't have to pay for food. And that's it's true. probably gonna be better. That's very true. Most of the time. Most of the time. Depends on yeah. depends, depends on who cooks who cooks. Yes, that's you know, right. So hey, who cooking?
2: There are some parents not out me. There. <laughs> not me. There's some parents out there that don't know how to cook. That have you horrible. heard of these parents?
1: Uh, Alyssa's parents are some of them. They don't know how to cook. Not they can't cook at all. So
2: they just like have like uh, oven baked meals. Wow. Like hey, we're having lasagna for dinner, and you're like mm-hmm. ooh, and then Plus you realize the it's like that. Stouffer's still um, a good lasagna. Stouffer's slaps. I could eat a half one. If oh, yeah. you ever want to split a family size, let me all know. Day. Uh, all day. All day? We, we need to put an oven in the office. What you doing like day after tomorrow? Uh, it's a Saturday. Yeah, I could probably split a lasagna.
1: We got some woodwork to do, but I think like right in the middle of that, just some lasagna.
2: I have a little half a lasagna at lunch break. Yeah. Get some trays going. Yeah. Lasagna trays. This Y'all a, down? it's a really challenging conversation. Uh, come <laughs> on. Are you? That's a, a terrible segue. <laughs> I, I, did, I did it
1: earlier, He's, and it was yeah, great. We keep avoiding it. Yeah, it's fine. It's mm. fine. But yeah, right. yeah, why not? What was, was difficult about it, Zach? <laughs> <I don't> no, <know. laughs> there's nothing. He wasn't he wasn't included in it. He felt yeah.
0: excluded. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes that happens, you know, when you go back home. Go Just ahead. feel excluded. Keep going. You know? What are we talking about today? <laughs> Thanks. Uh we are talking about hard conversations, being back home with mm. family members. This can incorporate a lot of different types of conversations. Um, we were kind of talking before of like what direction are we going? we can go anywhere. Um, financial conversations. I know is a big one for college students. Um, just like where you're at in life conversations with parents. And so I guess just starting off and y'all feel free to chip in at any point, but, um, what, what makes going back home so difficult for, for college students, especially in the realm of just having conversations with, with family, maybe even some hometown friends.
1: Um, I I want to set this up differently. Maybe. Go for it. This might help us. Um, I'm going to go this route. Conversations are really important. Okay. We'll just say that. Yep. Uh, Because one thing, uh, the world is saved by words. Just want to say that. Um, if the word became flesh and dwelt among us and faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, like if we're going to, we're going to put that on the table, then you, you have to get to the point college student that, that words are really important. And we say that a lot, uh, even the small words in scripture and the small words that you use are uh, highly valuable, uh, which should also motivate conversation, positive and negative. And, and so we, we're not just saying like, Hey, conversations are hard. And so here's your out, uh, conversations are hard because the world is saved by words. And so the enemy wants conversations to be difficult. Uh, He wants relationships to be strained and for you to be fearful of stepping into spaces where you have to use your words to bring healing. But that's what brings healing. And so uh, these are important things for you. If we can get to that point and go, okay, I know that there's probably going to be some conversations that I need to have that I'm stepping into that the Christmas holidays are going to force Um, And to go, this can bring life, not this can be difficult, not this can be challenging. That's true, but get past that and go, this is what this brings. And I think it sets you up better to maybe hear some stuff that we might talk about today, but more so to be prayerful as you're in your vehicle, heading home after you've passed your finals, hopefully, and um, Mm -hmm. then engaged with your family to, to shift the way that you think before you enter that. So let's put that on the table and then let's go, okay, now why is this challenging? Go. Sorry. I just had to maybe that was for me.
3: Yeah, I think I think part of why it's challenging my my initial thought was that for the college student right you you've been under your parents' authority, you've lived with your parents all the way up until you're 18, right? And then you have moved to college and this is your first taste of independence, right? I think again that applies financially, like hopefully you're somewhat financially independent. You're spiritually independent, you're not relying on them to wake you up on Sunday morning and you go to church. They're not forcing you to um to, to be to be going to youth group or all of these things. You're on your own spiritually in a sense. Um, emotionally, you're kind of on your own. And so I think what makes it so hard when you go back home for Thanksgiving or for Christmas is you've kind of lived in that disconnect and that independence. And you're kind of being forced to go back into the, you know, I'm living with my parents again. I'm I'm depending on them for this. I'm Excuse me. Going to church again with my parents, and I think you really just have to um, reshape your mind um, when you have that mindset change of, oh, well, I'm I'm once was independent, and now I'm having to depend on them again. I think it's learning how to balance um, that you are an adult, but also they still are your parents. Because I've seen a lot of of a lot of well-meaning college students, and I've even been there myself, where um, I I was in college, and so I thought I was independent, and I just completely. Forgot about my parents um, and the the fact that they still, in some way, are an authority over me. Right? I, I'm an adult, but we're still called to honor our father and mother. That doesn't that doesn't cease at the age of 18. And so I think really that's the the guiding principle that anybody needs to think about in, in having these difficult conversations is that the goal should always be to honor your fa- father and mother because again that 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 rule has always been in place and it, since. Um, since moses and so it's it doesn't cease once you go to college and once you get your first taste of freedom
0: yeah i think that's that becomes part of the disconnect too because cultures come here and in a i don't i don't want to say stereotypical christian household but but normally uh, parents have a good idea of what's going on in their kids lives and then they come to a large university any university communication decreases they think they still think that their parents have every idea of what they're doing, and so they go back home. At least this is a frustration for me. I go back home, and I just think that my parents know everything that I've done, um, and then that that's going to be enough of a testimony to proclaim to them how good God is, but it's not because they have no idea what I've been up to here, um, which, again, kind of gets into the communication idea of how do you do that in college, which we talked about on, on a podcast episode prior, but I think that's something you have to hold on to when you go back home is this idea that they probably don't know the things you've been involved in, the things that you've done. Um, and that kind of becomes the platform that you get to proclaim the gospel. Um, if you've been plugged into community here, um, you've been involved, you've been serving the Lord, you've been finding new things out about him, um, that becomes sort of your platform to jump off of when they go, hey, what have you been doing in, in college? I think we just forget that. We go back home and like, oh, they know everything I've done. I'm just going to be a lazy potato and do nothing. So, L-
1: Lazy potato? Yep. Yeah
3: yeah I think I think a great example of that that Zach just mentioned is if if you were to read again the story of exodus you were to read the story of Deuteronomy most of the conversations that uh, we have written down are from God to moses right it's it's one on one direct communication from God to Moses and the only reason that that we have these words today or that that these words were even um used powerfully was because Moses and eventually, Joshua spoke those words to the people, to the congregation. And so I like to think of you know having those hard conversations with your family like that. You know, where when you're in college and you're um, you're being rooted and grown in your faith, you're you're spending time in the Word, you're going to to church faithfully, you're serving Him faithfully here. Um, you, you're kind of in that spiritual high, I think, with God. And yet when you go home, again, like Zach said, you you just wanna be a couch potato because you're not in your normal routine. But this is your moment to, you know, speak to the to the masses. Because again, the people in your family may not be going to church faithfully like you are. they, they may not be in the word every single day like you've been. And so I think that's that's your charge to to be the Moses or to be the Joshua. Again, there to speak the words of God over people that it that it may encourage them, that it may give them life. Like John said, words are, are powerful, and words are the way that people come to salvation. Um, and so, if we if we truly believe that, we will you know have those hard conversations because again, you know we, we, we say it all the time, but those family members they may you may be the only positive example of Christ that they see. Um, in one year and in, in one week and one month. And if if that's their only experience with Christ, are they seeing a positive image of him?
0: Yeah.
3: I guess, I guess with that, how do we steer those
0: conversations when we go back home? Because I think it, it could go on either end of this. Like you could just go home and not talk about it at all. Um, especially if you have unbelieving family members or on some cases you could, that could be the only thing you talk about and there's no sort of connecting point for you, um, especially if your family are unbelievers. And so what, what and how do you steward those conversations when you go back home?
1: What what uh, what drives you ultimately to the point of having a having a hard conversation? I think y'all can answer this too. But I think
0: when you believe something wholeheartedly as true, okay, you want other people to know it as true allows you to step into a hard conversation with them. Okay,
1: that that's like this that that may lean more spiritual. I think Um, which is true. Love, Love. okay. You
3: you love the people and you want them to see, like Zach said.
1: Yeah, and so like love on either side. Yeah. Like if if we were to remove, and it's weird to do this, but if we were to remove like the the Christian aspect of this and go like I need you to hear this because I really love you, you can do that even with with unbelievers. If if I was an unbeliever and had to have a a conversation with my drunk uncle who was about to drink himself into a grave, Mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't necessarily have to have my my beliefs to do that. Yeah. I would just go, I care for you. Or the other side of that would be like, I've been so greatly offended. Yeah. Um, that I'm coming after you this way. Yeah, uh, And, and so as a, as, as believers, when you step into that space, when you put that question in front of you, um, you have to get to the point where you love somebody you care for somebody enough that you're willing to say hard things Mm -hmm. um and that's a that's often a preparatory thing that is then stirred when you're in their presence um and so so there there are moments and they're happening to me more and i think the lord's been really kind to me um as i've grown older and uh my story's being rewritten and there's things being written over i think I, i think of it that way um and so my my approach to people has been different and and you guys have been around me enough now it's like hey how do we celebrate what how am i being reminded of god's goodness in my life and that's stirring a lot of those up and so when when lauren got engaged in my mind it wasn't really that big of a deal and some of you know like how much she means to us and ethan's a part of uh, her story too in a lot of ways um and and so when she got engaged i was like well of course we're going to go to her engagement party like yeah that's the thing you do but I didn't realize how much I cared about her and about that until she walked in the room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, so my love for her was, I was reminded of it in her presence Um, and to go, how happy I am for you. I'm I'm, like, I'm honored that I'm celebrating this with you. And so even from like, she was, she was circling the room, having conversations with people. And I just looked at her from across the room and I was like, already had a conversation with you but i just i need you to know i'm proud of you even from a distance uh and and so that that will drive the negative a lot of times and so if you will now go i'm probably going to go into rooms houses events gatherings with people that i'm probably i might have to have a hard conversation with god would you stir up a love for them in me before i even do that and that will fuel celebrations and it will fuel hard conversations Mm. yeah i think Hard conversations for me
2: come in two waves, right? I think there's a side of hard conversations that we steward here um, before going home in in terms of, hey, my witness when I go back home is going to look a lot different than when I left, right? So if you're gone for seven months or, or even if you're like a freshman, right? And so this is your first semester away, you go back home, you've probably changed in three months in some pretty big ways that your parents aren't going to be ready for. Mm -hmm. And so you walking into that room, all of a sudden maybe you're on fire in your faith. You kind of took it as a joke when you were in high school, all those kinds of things you're stepping in on fire for the Lord. Your parents aren't used to that. And so they're going to not really know how to react well to something like that. And so hard conversations can exist with your parents is from like an evangelistic standpoint from you with them. Um, those conversations might be hard because the boldness of your faith hasn't grown, right? Your faith has grown. Your theological understandings have grown, but maybe your boldness hasn't grown. It also might be hard because they might not be ready to have that conversation because your witness to them is, Hey, the first couple hours I've been home, I'm going to evangelize to you. Right. And I'm going to get ready to baptize you in the pool (laughs) later on after we eat ham on Christmas day. Right. Those kinds of conversations, Ham, Christmas ham. You're a ham I, guy. I, I think we do on ham Christmas. As well, yeah. Okay. We, we're I'm ste- not gonna double down on a
1: turkey. No, we're steak. Well, but Christmas ham. Christmas, I like it. Yeah, Christmas yeah. ham.
2: Is it? Like, I do it too. Christmas like, ham. You eat other stuff like other we always do, like ham, brisket, maybe a ribeye or two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, <laughs> <man> so <laughs> if you're if you're listening, let me brisket you. and wow. ribeye or two, <laughs> <laughs> or two ribeye. Okay, here's the deal. Melissa's family, my wife's family, is massive. My family has like four people in it, okay? So that's what I grew up with. But Melissa's family has like 45 people in it. Wow. So when they gather for the holidays, it is just an outrageous spread. So yeah, Christmas ham, whatever. We're getting off topic. <laughs> Thank you. Don't try and baptize your folks when you go home for the... Or try and see what happens. But maybe it's your boldness that you struggle with, and that makes that conversation hard on your end. Yeah. Uh, also, Moses cries out to the Lord, teach me how to number my days, mm. right? oftentimes when we're not prioritizing the things that we need to be prioritizing in our life, our parents are really well aware of that. Uh, So maybe you've spent the whole semester kind of ignoring your parents' requests to get this figured out with school, to take care of this issue, to get your car oil changed, to do this, to do that. They're still your parents. They still have authority over you in that aspect, even though you have newfound freedom. They're still your folks, right? Yeah. When you go back home, all of those uncomfortable things that you just ignored of of them yep. right they still have all of that ready to talk about and it's mm. their chance to talk to you about it in person right and Definitely. so the way you steward hard conversations better is by honoring them and what they ask of you while you're away yeah right makes having a better christmas experience uh easier mm. right uh and so i think that there's two parts right there's our side of it, when we go home, I say we. There's college students' side of it when they go home, when y'all go home, in terms of I have a newfound fire for the Lord that I want to share with mm-hmm. people in my life. right? And then there's also the parental side of hard conversations with you that maybe you're not ready for. You want to keep ignoring and shoving aside, Yeah. but it's the business side that needs to be taken care of Mm -hmm. right it's the admin side of life that you can't keep ignoring yeah Mm. and i think that that tells a a testimony too of what
0: the spirit of god can do when you start to then honor your father and mother shows the power of the spirit working within you um i would honestly say equally as much as you sharing the gospel with them yeah um which is which is powerful so you kind of mentioned this idea and i'm curious what y'all think where is um i kind of phrased this question earlier but maybe a little bit more direct where is the balance of explicitly just sharing the gospel with them? Because I think it could come off as aggressive. Like you just come home and you're like, oh, y'all need to know the the gospel. You talk about just like baptizing them and just all out everything Um, because they are family members, right? Um, But we also know that tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so I guess just where is the balance of not coming off as, you know, just like this spiritual aggressor um, of hell, fire, brimstone, this kind of, Ideology compared to um, loving on them well and sharing the gospel uh, the way that Jesus commanded us to.
1: Yeah, that's a a, a challenging conversation yeah. or a challenging question on seventeen different layers, um, because our your belief, your understanding of scripture, your your picture of, or uh, understanding of God and His character, I think, should drive that. Because if if you walk in a fear. Um, which I understand is, is valid the way that you ask this question, but if I walk in a fear that tomorrow could be my mom or my dad's last day and God didn't save them and that's my fault,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, that's a, it's a difficult place for a believer to be in. There's yeah. a pressure that's on you. Sure. And, and because we've already laid the foundation that God uses words to save the world, Um, and so we have a responsibility and it's a faithful responsibility to do that. But, but I think you have to take the approach that you see, uh, Paul taking Galatians one, am I trying to win the approval of men or of God? If I was trying to win the approval of men, then I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. Uh, and then if you apply that to your life, it's like, okay, then my serving of Christ means that I will win them. They will know that I am your disciple. They will know that we are disciples by how we love. And so that's going to be my first priority. We've already said it once, uh, but especially towards family. Um, If they know that, that you deeply care for them, then it drives this conversation. And if you have been with Jesus, then the conversation should be received in a way where they look at you and go, Zach, in this conversation, you have been humble with me. Zach, you have been gentle with me. Uh, you have spoken with conviction to me. You are grace-filled to me. And what you said was really hard. And even if I don't believe it right now, yeah. um, it was received because for some reason, we talked about this with with leaders and with other people, when you've spent time with the Spirit, your countenance is peaceful. Yeah. And it's a you thing, not a, I mean, it's a Spirit thing, not a you thing. And so they're going to look at you and go, what you said was hard, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, that's going to be the spirit's fault. And so back to the Galatians story, it's Galatians two, right? Where, where Cephas, where Peter walks in, um, and, and Paul's like, stop. I mean, he basically tells him to shut up. Yeah. he's like, this is what you were doing. This is what you started doing because of the pressure of the Jews. And so now you are leading people astray by your actions. You Mm -hmm. were eating with the Gentiles. And then the Jews came in and said, you shouldn't do that. And you're like, yeah, I shouldn't do that. And you're causing havoc. Don't quit the shrimp. Yeah. And... (laughs) Is that, is that in the Bible? <laughs> pretty sure, yeah. Galatians, leave leave, leave the shrimps out. Um, <laughs> and so he 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 brings that to him. But then we also got to go. Okay, well, Paul, were you being led by the Spirit at this point? And it, and when you told him that, which comes off as pretty aggressive, was it still humble and gentle, full of conviction, grace filled? Was, was all those things true? And so Galatians uh, Galatians one uh, six and then verse nine. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you. Uh, in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. If anyone preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So that the, the spirit filled, graceful, humble thing says, let him go to hell. Is basically what he says. If you're doing that, this is what you should get. Um, and, and so even in reading that, and even in that being scripture, I have to go, ow, mm-hmm. but for the witness of the church, for the gospel, which is where that turns in chapter two, especially the purpose that I'm, the reason I'm doing this is because the gospel is this important. Um, it is received in a way that is, they thought he was humble. They thought he was gentle. They, they, they received it that way. And it's some of the most aggressive language in scripture. And, and so you can go, if I'm going to have a hard conversation with somebody, this should be my setup,
2: mm.
1: especially with family members. Mm. I'm going to come in there and, and you guys know the, the testimony of me and my mom, the I don't want to overstate this, but I'm going to say it this way. In my mind, the only way that this worked, which is a weird way to say that, where I was able to walk into my mom's hospital room and share the gospel with her over five weeks was because I spent six to eight months praying my guts out for her before I was ever in her presence. I didn't even know that I was going to be given that moment, but the Lord was just convicting me that I was walking in unforgiveness towards her. And so he was preparing my heart to love her in a different way than I'd ever loved her before. So when I walked in and I said... You abandoned me at 16. I hated you for it. You were a terrible mom. That's how I started sharing the gospel with her. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's not the way. I'm just going to tell you, that's a terrible tract to share with anybody. Um, but but I, I did that and she heard it and then it led to conversations and it was received because for some reason, the Spirit, I was humble and gentle with her at that point mm-hmm. and said the things that needed to be said and, and it was received. And so if you would approach it that way, out of love saying that I'm trying to win the approval of God, not of you. Um, That's going to drive my gentle grace-filled approach to you. And I'm spirit led. Then the hard conversations in your mind where you're going, Oh, this is going to be terrible to the one who's receiving it. It feels different. Hmm. Can't explain it. I'm glad I can't explain it. That's just how God works. Yeah. Also would say there's a
2: time and a place uh, that the Lord has prepared for conversations like that to exist. Right. And so um, often in ministries, or just in the life of ministry at church, you see ebb and flows of um, times of planting, times of harvesting, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a time that seeds are planted, and there's a time that those seeds are ready to get plucked out of the ground. Um, same is true in conversations with family and loved ones. And so we I'm get to serve as the youth pastor, obviously, and my saying, one of the many sayings that I have is we can love. Me? Yeah, well, yeah, so my big saying is, are you with me? Are you with Which, me? by the way, our intern, Ethan, preached last night. Did you say it? He said it. Like nice. in the middle of a sermon. He are just you goes, are y'all with me? And I was like,
1: mm, little disciple, That's little disciple.
2: And we share the same name. so uh, He's now the wow. beloved. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he always was. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I don't know where I was. Okay. Uh, we have a saying, um, you either love people to life or you hate them to death. Right. And so you choose to shower them in love in hopes that the Lord will bring them to life or you ignore them and not choose to say a word mm. about the love of the father to them. Mm. And your hatred for them is evident in their death. Mm. Um that charges me uh-huh. to have difficult conversations. I hate unresolved tension in any <sighs> relationship that I have. Like I hate it to the point where I would rather admit wrong A hundred out of a hundred times versus let a relationship that I have with somebody, even if I don't like them, like even if they're just like the worst person, right? I would rather have an uncomfortable conversation with them versus let that unresolved tension just keep riding because I know that there's no point. There is no point to having unresolved tension with people. If those people are family members in your life, I get it. I can get how tough that has to be. I can get how hard, and especially with family, it seems like can be our biggest tension points in relationships or with our parents or our siblings. Yeah. If one of those tension points is your faith, um, begin praying now, like John said, right? Okay. If one of your biggest tension points with your parents is that you're a believer and they're not, and they don't know why you would choose to do that, mm-hmm. pray for them. mm because I think the Lord works in powerful ways when we begin to pray for people that he wants us to have a hard conversation with.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I, and I think we, we, we've been saying it, but just obviously you, you have these conversations in love and my, my immediate thought when you think about, you know, having these hard conversations is you think about the parable of the soils, right. And the, the, the gardener, he throws the, um, the seeds down in the soil, and there's four different types, and so some soil is going to receive it well. Um, some of the some of the seeds are going to be choked by the the thorns. Some of them are going to be snatched away by the birds, and yet the the sower throws the seeds along the soil, regardless. I mean, I'm reminded of of Luke four, where in in verse sixteen it says that Jesus he and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. This is the hometown of Jesus. He he was raised in Nazareth. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so we have Jesus here speaking the hard truths, that the fact that, Isaiah wrote about him in the midst of a bunch of um, Old Testament believing Jews, that he was the fulfillment of that. You have to see that that was not something that they were really fond of hearing. That was a difficult conversation. And yet Jesus spoke those words to the people from his hometown because he was motivated by his love that they see that he is the son of God, that he is God in flesh. And you see in verse, um, if, if you were to jump down, verse 28, it says that when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow the brow of the hill, or the brow of the hill on which their town was built. The brow hill. So that they could so that they could throw him well, down the cliff. But passing through their midst he went away. And see, that really encourages me because it shows me that Jesus wasn't um wasn't simply only wanting to have hard conversations that would result in the, the positive outcome. He had conversations that he knew he was going to be rejected in. And so I would I would say to you, college student, that that sometimes when you have these hard conversations, you're gonna be rejected. They're, they're going to reject the gospel message. They're going to reject what you have to say to them. And yet the the scripture still sounds sounds loudly that as was his custom he went and he preached in the synagogue and shared the good news with him regard of with them regardless of whether they believed or not your your work is never in vain and so I, I would encourage you college student do not be dissuaded by the fact that you know your family members are far from Christ because one again you, you never know what could happen they 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 clearly said that and two it, it's not just um a matter of rejection for them that even in their rejection, God could change their heart. And I, and I really believe that he, he does that. That even in, um, family members that are walking so far away from the Lord, you, you, you share the message with them and they, they, they rejected at first, Mm -hmm. but months down the road or maybe years down the road, it turns out that it wasn't in vain. Yeah. I think even
0: in some cases too, um, this, this is a widely used term for, relationships, which I'm going to turn the corner on this, but distance makes the heart grow fonder. And I think even with, with parents, when you come back home and they see that transformation, a lot of times they just become curious of like what, what changed, like what happened. Um, and so even as like, in some cases you'll share the gospel with them and they just completely reject it. Sometimes they'll be curious and, and what's changed in you and start asking you questions. Um, and then you get to proclaim the good news of the gospel, which they might reject, but, um, a lot of times I think you'd find that they'd be curious as well, mm-hmm. and so, yeah. I don't know if you all have any final encouragement. I know we're at like forty something, aren't we? Forty-one oh yeah. seven.
2: Oh just seven. do it. <laughs> just hard conversations. Nikkei. you gotta um, just do it. Just do it. Love, do it. love, love is the, the motivator. Hard conversations make people better. It's good. I'm a. I believe that with all my heart. Mm, so forward. just have those hard conversations.
3: Yeah. That you don't make. You don't make weapons forged in cold. You you forge him in, in, in the hot and difficult. I can this John's bonds haven't strong.
2: <laughs> John's bonds haven't strong. All the bondolans. All the James
1: James <Bain's> the name. <laughs> I wish we could. I wish they could see the room right now. Oh. But also "You got uh, <laughs> to find that picture." I need to find that That was what a, come to one twenty seven. I don't know why that That's was true. one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. But well, you, you need to find the picture. We'll post it on <laughs> the Instagram for <laughs> one twenty seven on the mic, just so they know what we're talking about. James names the bond. <laughs> Called the bond. I've never ever seen this. <laughs> it's so funny. It's
2: just a. It's a one of dumbing, the dumbest things. Okay, I found it. That was fast.
1: Let me <laughs> save it. That's kind Please of be. scary fast. Yeah, he's TV. quick. He's quick at these things. Save the well, photos. I think that's all that we got. That's, I love it. Man, Merry Christmas, guys. I'm excited. I've been prayerful for... I mean, there's a reason we do college ministry. This will be my final one, I think. Not my final podcast, but it's is my final encouragement. <laughs> um, I was I'm like, like wait, out. what I'm I'm an, an announcement yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, coming to you on a Thursday. No, like one of the, the main reason, not even one of... The main reason we do college students is we get to send them. And a, a big part of that is like we get to send you home during, during breaks and you get to come back and some of you discouraged and some of you incredibly encouraged. Uh, but you also get to know at that point, like at least you're in the battle and you're fighting for things that are super important. And so I just want to encourage you, um, run, like make war, uh, in, in really grace filled ways, being spirit led and then just see what God does. It's going to be, it makes it fun. And then come back and share those stories. Like we want to be encouraged by what the Lord is doing while you're at home. So, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. We'll see you back right here next week. Stay tuned. We will be back.
0: 12 Days of Christmas. That's the intro, isn't it? (laughs) That sounds like the intro. Let's go to the outro. I got it. There
1: it is. That was a pretty good transition. (laughs) Yeah, I know. At least you didn't start talking yet. We'll see you next week.